0: A rapid react episode after week four, a huge win for the San Francisco 49ers in week four. Now improving to two and two on the season with a 24 to nine win over the Los Angeles Rams, the key plays, the takeaways. And of course, we'll give out some game balls in this huge victory coming up right now. You are locked on 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your Team Every Day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network Your Team Every Day. A fantastic win, a huge win for the San Francisco 49ers over The Los Angeles Rams gloomy says the Rams are overrated. Maybe they are overrated or maybe the 49ers when they're playing right, when the offense helps out the defense crock and maybe the best defense in the NFL, I dare say when the offense just does what they need to do and moves the ball, puts up a few points, this team's kind of scary. And we finally saw some good Jimmy this year after some really bad Jimmy in his first start last week in week number three which is a huge sigh of relief for probably kyle shanahan for probably jimmy himself and i'm sure the entire san francisco 49ers fan base
1: yeah i mean good stuff there you started off with a boom on the ground with jeff wilson and i thought for a lot of the game it was a little stagnant on the ground and we saw that last week right where jeff wilson had a big run then outside of that it was like man two yards three yards two yards three yards and that was kind of the trend again but the 49ers didn't go away from that they understood uh, what the assignment was, keep the ball away from uh, the Matthew Stafford-led Rams and kind of limit their touches. So I thought the 49ers did a really good job of that.
0: Why is everybody worried about me right now? Is I'm not wearing a hat. Is that what's going on? It seems like I haven't <laughs> slept Days, Hollow Man <laughs> says. Uh, I don't sleep well in general. And, yes, this morning I was woken up by the garbage man at about 5 o'clock in the morning. I didn't get back to sleep. So uh, I, I haven't been sleeping a lot, but I, I kind of don't sleep a lot. So – Uh, that's that's sort of par for the course with me how hilarious was it how quickly daniel brunskill entered the game for the 49ers crock that was my first takeaway in this game because daniel brunskill after i think it was the first series and aaron donald was wrecking spencer burford and they were like nope seen enough of that they instantly plugged in daniel brunskill and it kind of we didn't see a lot of 99 for a while and then Burford got back in the game I don't know if Brunskill got hurt again do you have any information on that I didn't see any reports about Brunskill getting hurt or did they just kind of rotate him in there but I know Burford was was back in at right guard so was it just a rotation did they just want to give the rookie a little breather and say hey I know this is a tough matchup for you let's watch for a minute and then then get your chance one more time
1: I think there was some kind of rotation going there. And, you know, the tough thing, especially with coaches, they'll take kind of like the physical mistakes, right? you're not going to get too much of those from Burford. But one thing that the coaches do despise is the mental mistakes. They hate the mental mistakes. And I think, you know, one of those players early on one of Jimmy's first, uh, or actually his first incompletion was kind of a bust. We usually see busted coverages by the defense but there was a blown assignment by Burford where you see him uh just go to the left look like maybe he thought he was supposed to help and uh, Aaron Donald said okay I'll beeline right to the quarterback so uh not ideal if you're Jimmy Garoppolo trying to throw with Aaron Donald uh in your face right away uh early in the game but I think that was kind of the issue early on and they're like all right Burford let's take you out settle down understand what we need you to do here, and then uh, we'll get you back in there. So they did that back and forth a little bit. I know when I saw Bur- uh, Brunskill come in, the first thing I thought of was Undertaker. Yeah, uh, I thought I was going to see uh, Brian Peacock appear on the field uh, on the field with the urn. Like, Arr! see, see Brian Peacock with the urn, and and then all of a sudden right. Brunskill uh, uh, comes out of a casket to go get on the field and play against Aaron Donald. <laughs> uh,
0: Will says Brunskill did get hurt again, so I don't know if it was. Uh it was that hamstring injury or not. And Niners getting pretty thin at left tackle too, because Colton McKivitz, who was the replacement already, and he was banged up in camp and and he was the replacement for Trent Williams. He goes down. And so it was back to more Jalen Moore at left tackle after that. So that's something the 49ers need to worry about a little bit, by the way, Greg Pinelli, the swag God taught everything Eric Crocker knows about his drip says, I'm looking solid. So I'm feeling good about that. Thank you, Greg. (laughs) Appreciate the good look.
1: Shout out to my, that's my dog right
0: there. <laughs> uh, you're going to be talking with Spinella or uh, with uh, Greg Pinelli a little bit later this week, right? About the 49ers tomorrow. Go. Yeah. Tomorrow, tomorrow evening we'll be go. on live. Check out Crocker.
1: Break down some of these throws, uh, some of the reads, some of the things he's not seeing know Kind of what goes into that.
0: How about this one from Jason? Lenore shut down cups solo. Several times. We came in, not knowing if he had, uh, if we had a nickel back and found two, the defense is deep. Yeah,
1: it was really good to see him and and how he was challenging himself. You know, it is really tough to kind of just defend Cooper Cup because one, they are throwing to him and he plays in a slot. So it's not like it's just super simple to bracket him. If you, you know, maybe shade your nickel back outside of him and then you have a linebacker playing inside, then it kind of takes your eyes away from the middle of the field. So just in general, how they use Cooper Cup is tough. And then the rapport between Cup and Matthew Stafford makes it even more difficult, but even with saying that, he had 14 catches on the night. I thought the 49ers did a tremendous job. That might have been the quietest 14 catches. Quiet in the sense of didn't make a lot of noise. You didn't see the downfield throws. You didn't see the big plays downfield. Matter of fact, uh, if I heard correctly at the end of the stream, they the Rams did not have a play over 20 yards all game. So a lot of that comes to kind of corralling Uh, uh, Cooper Cup, and they did a tremendous job of anytime at the catch point, boom, there was a body there. They had to throw some screens, and he was able to get some yak a little bit that way. But overall, I mean, he probably averaged eight yards per reception. I think that's tremendous if you are the 49ers.
0: (laughs) Chat, Uh, I keep people keep saying weird stuff about me in the chat. I don't know what's going on. Like, I just don't look at the chat. (laughs) I'm just not wearing a hat. That's it. I actually even got a haircut earlier today. Maybe that's it. People aren't even. Uh, used to seeing me with no hat on and and seeing my hair popping out a little bit. Um, Let's see here. Yeah, the 49ers offensive line gave up no sacks. That was huge. Like, the the Niners offense just needs to be okay. Like, uh, imagine how good the 49ers could be with the way their defense is playing if they were dropping bombs all over the place and, and making huge plays offensively. They don't even have to do that. They just have to play some solid football, get some first downs, find some Robbie Gold kicks through the, the goalposts, find the end zone a couple times, the defense is going to do the rest, holding the Rams under 10 points. I mean, they've done it all year. The, the 49ers I think have,
1: that's dangerous though, Peacock.
0: I mean, you can win a ton of football games. And the 49ers have proven it. They got to a Super Bowl doing that. They got through to the NFC Championship game last year doing that. You would like more. You would like a plus offense. But it doesn't even have to be a plus offense. I think this year's defense is better than last year's defense.
1: Well, yeah, when you have cornerbacks that are breaking up vertically pushing passes and you can say, you know what, I'm going to leave you on the outside on an island with Allen Robinson, and he's not going to do anything. Matter of fact, he's going to get two catches for seven yards. I thought that was tremendous, and that showed the confidence that they have in both Emmanuel Mosley and Traveri's Ward.
0: Okay, we've got to talk a little bit more about some more big plays in this game and some key players, of course, give out some game balls from the 49ers, 24-9 win over Those Los Angeles Rams in week four. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. And I started taking AG1 because uh, I didn't want to drink as much coffee and have as much caffeine in my life. Plus, I needed some vitamins. And clearly, after about three days of taking AG1, and all it is super easy is one fantastic tasting glass of water with one scoop of AG1 in it. And I started feeling great after a couple of days. It was amazing. And You don't have to worry about taking multiple pills, multivitamins, all this stuff. It's one glass of water with one scoop of AG1, the first thing every day, and that is it. And so what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing... 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Pretty much all the things are covered by AG1. And I felt it after a couple of days. It was pretty amazing. More energy. Didn't need that coffee in the morning. In fact, it gave me more energy than coffee because I was getting all of those quality vitamins and probiotics and things that were actually helping my body rather than helping it limp along like a crutch. And you can you can use AG1 no matter what your lifestyle is. Super lifestyle friendly. Uh, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free. And that's one of the keys too when you're talking about gut health and some folks can't do dairy, you can't do yogurt or whatever else you might want to do to uh, to help your To help your gut and to help with probiotics, well, here you go. Here is your option now with AG1, and it costs less than a cup of coffee every day. It has less than one gram of sugar, so you're not getting a whole bunch of extra stuff. You're not getting any nasty chemicals, no GMOs, no artificial, pretty much anything, while still tasting good and supporting everything you need to help you sleep better and get injury and and energy and all the vitamins you need on a daily basis. And to make it all easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day. For your second listen, make sure you're checking out the NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL. Locked On's local experts giving you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including Sunday and Monday Night Football, plus betting advice from the field's leading experts, Bet online. Follow NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. What do you think? Jordan Mason. Do the 49ers need to get Jordan Mason involved? I thought he'd get a couple of touches. He's like, I I don't know why they don't want to hand him the football. I guess they're not really giving Jeff Wilson such a, a heavy load that he can't handle it. And we've talked about this all offseason. It was like, is it gonna be oh Ty Davis Price? Is it gonna be the one A, one B with with um with Elijah Mitchell? And it's like not nah, Kyle Shanahan is a is a bell cow guy. He, he has his starting back, and if you're available and you're healthy. You're in the game and you're running the ball. And that's kind of how he treats him. And Jeff Wilson hasn't gotten a huge load, a uh, carry load in, in in really any game this season. Last week, I think he had 12 carries. This week, he had 18 carries. Maybe if you had started to get a little bit heavier, they might have given a, a series to Jordan Mason or a play or two. But uh, I loved seeing the explosion on that touchdown run from Jeff Wilson. Aside from that, you know, not a ton going on the ground. They ended up averaging four yards per carry. I would like to see a little bit of Jordan Mason, mostly because I'm just curious and interested. But in this game, they didn't need him. Jeff Wilson, uh, and I apologize to Jeff Wilson because I don't think I gave him credit for some of the bursts that he still possesses. Uh, And he showed it on that run. He's always run really hard, but he had a little giddy-up going on that run. So I love seeing that from, from Jeff Wilson, even though he didn't get much else going for pretty much the rest of the day.
1: Yeah, he, he has this nice initial acceleration. Now, he doesn't quite have like the long speed. That's why this was probably the longest run of his career. But he can get out of there right now. And you saw that on that play. It is weird with the running back uses, right? Because you talked about Kyle Shanahan leaning on more of a, a bell cow type thing. And we saw that with Elijah Mitchell. It was like Elijah Mitchell, if he's able to carry the ball, he's getting 27 carries, etc. Not getting a whole lot of touches to anyone else. The 49ers have four running backs active tonight, not including Debo Samuel, who's that you know, wide back. So he's kind of like the fifth guy, right? But you had, obviously, Jeff Wilson Jr. You had Jordan Mason. You also, who I saw on special teams, had uh, uh, Marlon Mack. He was active. He was out there. And then I saw Tevin Coleman run on the field one time on offense, but clearly not to uh, for them to hand the ball off to him. But you have four guys, and none of them got carried. Matter of fact, I, I would assume that the 49ers would want to run the ball more than 22 times. And I saw a stat earlier in today where when the 49ers run the ball more than they throw it with Jimmy Garoppolo, they are far more successful. But in this game, Jimmy said, forget all that. And uh, 27 attempts, only 22 carries, and that's including Jimmy Garoppolo.
0: Josh says the defense could have had three to four interceptions. Yeah, I mean, th- we had the pick six for uh, Talano Hufanga. Fred Warner could have definitely had a pick six, and I think he had his eyes on the end zone when he dropped one. Uh, there could have been some others as well, but two turnovers was good. You had the Gibson football. dropped
1: one in good. the end zone. Gibson, I mean, it just yeah. hit him in the chest.
0: Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. He dropped one. So uh, that was one of our keys. When Matthew Stafford throws the 49ers defense the ball, and he will – Take advantage of those opportunities. Would the game been different if Talano Hufanga didn't have the pick six? You know, what if that becomes a touchdown drive the other way? So uh, that, that was huge that that Hufanga made good on one because the 49ers dropped too many. Like you got to take when, when the other team throws you the ball, you got to catch those. The interceptions, those kind of turnovers are massive.
1: I think that. I mean, we know, right? Matthew Stafford, he will he will throw you something. He's done that in every single game the 49ers have played against him while being on the Rams. He's going to give you several opportunities, and our thing was you got to take advantage of at least two of them, right? And they took advantage of one, and then obviously at the end of the game they had the uh, sack strip or however they scored that, but you know he ended up fumbling. I I don't want to be I don't want to be Debbie down there at all. Like I am happy with the 49ers win. I think that's awesome. I did tweet out. Thank you, Talanoa Hufanga, for saving Kyle Shanahan. And uh, l- listen, awesome, you get to win, right? But can you depend, and maybe you can't, maybe you say, you know what, we're going to ride and die with our defense. We are not going to be aggressive at all from an offensive standpoint. And as good as today was for... Everybody, right? Like, the offense still only scored 17 points. That is far below below the average that you want to have. Like, when the 49ers are clicking, they're scoring 27 points on offense. They scored 17 today and then got another touchdown from the defense. So, that's great that the defense played as great as they did. But Kyle, once again, put the the ball in the hands of the defense. And we saw him do that against Chicago. Right, So for everybody, it's like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, you're making too big of a deal. We saw it against Chicago where uh, Trey Lance had a big third down run. He picked up nine yards. It's fourth and one from midfield. He decides to punt it. And next thing you know, Bears drive down. They actually score a touchdown on that drive. We watched him be a little bit more conservative with his mindset uh, with some things in the, uh, the, the Broncos game. Whereas, like, man, we have some opportunities to be aggressive. Oh no, you know what? I'm not gonna lean on my defense. We're actually just gonna, uh, de- de- uh what you call it? deny the uh, penalty. He did not accept the penalty. They kicked a field goal. That ended up being kind of a big play because he was like, no, we're not going to back him up 10 yards and give them another shot at it. So I think there's this kind of conservative mindset that I continue to see kick in. And when it works like it did tonight, in the sense of your defense coming through for you, it's awesome. But to me, I'm not thinking about just this one game, right? I'm thinking about it as, as a whole. And one thing, when you look at some of these guys who have finally won something, right? You look at – um how some of these guys, uh, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, and how aggressive they are. Maybe you can say, oh, they're aggressive because they got Patrick Mahomes. Whatever, but I think it's a mindset because I saw them be aggressive when they had Chad Henney at quarterback in the playoffs, midfield. The the other team can, uh, if they they stop you right there, dude, they're they're probably going to score. They're at midfield. He said, we're not giving them the ball back. We're going to go for it with Chad Henney and he'll make a play. He's aggressive. And that's why I think he continues to have the the kind of success that we've seen. And ultimately, eventually win the Super Bowl. And I think once Kyle Shanahan starts to be a little bit more aggressive from that standpoint, I think we'll start to see him win. Cause he's gonna be like that, whether it's, uh, you know, he trusts his office or not. Like that's what we've seen. He's just a little more conservative. Yeah. And to me, I just look at that as a whole, as one thing where I'm like, look, the game was great. I'm just look, y'all, y'all, y'all tune in here to hear a different type of analysis, a different type of viewpoint. And my different viewpoint is I thought that was an opportunity to put your nuts on the table, but he played it to the defense and they came through for him. That's great. But I don't I don't like leaving up to your defense every single time. You gotta put some on the offense.
0: The Newt says facts, Kyle has crazy trust issues. But yeah, I don't I don't think it's trust. I think he's just conservative by nature and it's funny because during the telecast kyle decides not to go for it and joe buck says the analytics say it's the better play is to go for it here and then what is the guy who was an ex-player right in the booth what does he say Classic football guy take. Ah, oh, you go up eight here. I agree with Kyle. It's a, you know, that's the conservative approach. That's the football guy approach. So it's, it's I understand where the analytics might say, no, you have a better chance to win percentage wise, but the old school football guys just are never going to agree with that. And that doesn't make them right, but Kyle is just that guy. And I don't think that's ever going to leave him. And I don't think it's a trust issue at all. And I don't think it's necessarily the right call by by Kyle either and I think Kyle is pretty bad at playing the percentages I said this before as more of a response to the whole Trey Lance injury thing that you know Kyle I would love to play poker against Kyle because uh, I think he is too conservative in a lot of ways and I don't think he plays the percentage as well and in the long run I think he's losing because of that but in one, of the, like I would love to see what the exact numbers were. Is it like 52 to 48% with the analytics saying you should go for it on those? because I understand the idea of go up eight points, kick the field goal. that, that mindset and that idea makes sense. But Kyle himself even admitted a couple of weeks ago when he was asked in the press conference, uh, who's given him that information with the analytics and the percentages on those decisions in games. And he said who it was and he said, this guy's like a computer and he gives me all the information every time I need it. And they're like, Oh, so do you always agree with him? He's like, no, I go against him all the time. <laughs> so <it's laughs> Kyle, like he's, he's just going to go with what his gut is. And his gut is always going to be conservative. That's just how he's wired.
1: The, the, the thing is though, he's only conservative when he feels like things are a little tight. Like I've seen him be very aggressive when he feels like he's in more control. Right. So Example here and again guys, this is not Debbie Downer uh part of the episode I think Kyle they coached extremely well Offense did just enough defense was amazing 49ers won huge game. That is awesome So I'm not taking anything away from that but last year 49ers played Jacksonville Jaguars. They're on the goal line Uh they had a 20 play drive and They got to like the two yard line and what did they do? They elected to kick a field goal on a 20 play drive to start the game. I thought that was wild, but When they got up like two scores or whatever, they got back into that same situation. What did they do this time? Go for it. And they ended up scoring. I saw that again later, uh, a couple games later or whenever they played the L.A. Rams, right? L.A. Rams, they had an opportunity before halftime to call a timeout. You get the ball back. You have an opportunity to go and score offensively. You be aggressive. He let the time run out, right? So that just showed like, ah, man, like. And I was like, man, does he feel like you know Jimmy's not the guy for that? Like you could have had like more than a minute to drive down, but maybe things are a little too tight for him. Later in the game, it's like fourth and seven, but he's up two scores. So what does he do? He goes for it. And Jimmy DeGoppolo throws a touchdown. So I've seen him be much more aggressive when he feels like, ah, you know what? I'm a little loose. All right, let's go for it. But when it's tight and he needs to make that type of decision, kind of shells away from it a little bit.
0: Jason in the, tra- in the chat agrees with you, Kroc. He says, trade Kyle and promote D'Amico. All right, he's saying Counter that. Kyle's <laughs> job over here, Crock. Because I don't
1: know why Kyle is as – it could be as simple as, uh, like, I know my quarterback and, okay, we got a great defense. But it, even then, I just feel like that's a tough way to – because, again, the, the 49ers, the, the Rams were down eight points driving with a chance, and you needed Hufunga to save the day for you. And it was great. It was great play. The defense played magnificent. But even then, throughout all that, and I felt like throughout the entire game, the 49ers were in control of this game. And still, in the fourth quarter, wow, the Rams have a chance to tie the game on a drive? How is that even possible?
0: Uh, 49ers fan 86 says, My wife walked in and was like, So that's the man I always hear talking about the Niners. She recognized Croc's voice and finally saw him on my TV. There we go. I love the
1: wife. I said hello.
0: You're not. You know, it's funny though, Croc, uh, about the conservative nature of Kyle Shanahan. We've seen it the other way with coaches. And if you, if you're aggressive and you don't get it, you're even second guessed more. And we've seen that with Brandon Staley with the chargers and he's going with the ath- analytics every time. And he missed some and he's getting crushed. People are like calling for his job. It's safer. It is safer. It's not just conservative for the actual game. It actually might h- help you lose the game, but it's, it helps you keep your job, I think, in a lot of ways. Being- when you
1: talk about Brandon Staley, though, I mean, that's an extreme scenario, right? Because we're talking about a guy who uh, he's in his own territory going for it on fourth and two like, from his own 25-yard line. I wouldn't suggest do that, right? And he's done things like that to put his defense in bad situations. But let's take, uh, for instance, the Baltimore Ravens yesterday. And I actually said kick it. In this in those conditions and whatnot, but they're down. At that point, it's tie game. It's twenty twenty. You're on your own three yard or you're on your opposing team's three yard line with like not much time left. At that point, like all right, you kick the field goal, you go up three, and you play defense. I get it. I I get that. But there has been a time where I remember watching Baltimore, they're at midfield. Game is kind of on the line. You, you're you up like three points. You're playing against Kansas City Chiefs. And he said, I'm not giving them the ball back. We're going for it on fourth and two from midfield. Matter of fact, he asked Lamar Jackson, Lamar, what do you want to do? He said, let's go for it. They went for it. They got it. Ended the game. So I like the aggressive mindset. I would have kicked it uh, yesterday just because of the situation there. You're playing. The weather's bad or whatever. Kick the field goal. Go up three. Play defense. But Kyle, uh, you have an opportunity to put your foot on some guy's neck. And I don't think he does that.
0: All right, we got to give out some game balls Croc, in this huge Monday night football victory for those San Francisco 49ers next. But first, if you wanted to maybe get excited about the 49ers, put a little bit more money back on them to win the Super Bowl. You can do so at BetOnline.net, your number one source for everything football betting and information this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups. News, podcasts, in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. I already saw the week five lines that are out. In fact, there's lines all the way through the end of the season. Weekly NFL lines, tons of props, season-long things that you could bet on with with the San Francisco 49ers and every team in the league. Which coach will get fired? Coach of the year. Who will lead the league in sacks, uh, individual performances as well? So, as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all things sports wagering with the NFL and information and live betting on every sport out there, not just football, Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, golf, NBA, starting up, you name it. They've got it at Bet Online, even some Vegas casino games as well. So, get to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, Croc. Game ball number one. I'm going to let you start this thing off. Um, can you can you narrow down somebody on the defensive side of the ball, or do we just want to go D'Amico Ryan's?
1: I think it's easy to say D'Amico Ryan's. I think that's a cop out, man. We got to we we, we got to analyze it. We got to dig a little deeper. All right, How about and
0: How about we give one to D'Amico but we also give one to some individuals because this right, let's, let's was deserving of multiple game balls on that side of the ball. All
1: right. So I, I know everybody wants to go who Hufunga, who and who will get his, but first and foremost, I have to give it to Fred Warner. I watched Fred Warner from the first play. He set the tone right away aggressive tackling, running sideline to sideline. We watched what he was asked to do, play in space, have to uh, run vert with number three, which happened to be Cooper Cup on the goal line. Didn't drift upfield, sat down on the route, broke it up. I thought Fred Warner had a tremendous game. PFF might think different. I don't know, they just scored a certain way. But he was all over the place. And again, I think he's the tone setter. He's talking trash. He's in his guy's face. That started from the first snap and didn't end until really that last snap. And even then, their linebackers were still in guys' faces. I love it.
0: I'll go ahead and give Talano Hufanga a game ball here, and I love watching Hufanga play. And wh- whatever we were worried about with him in coverage, he's so instinctive. He he anticipates so well that whatever step slow he might be with his four or whatever, he makes up for it with his mind. And that is so awesome. It's so fun to watch. The timing he has on blitzes, the way he breaks on balls against ball carriers against the run, as we saw against the pass tonight. Like it's instant. It's like boom. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of guys wouldn't make that play. Like that plays on Hufanga for recognizing it, seeing the play in front of him, making the break on the ball. Like that's all him. I love seeing that. So Hufonga game ball as 49ers fan 86 says. But also a question here for you, Croc. What do you think Hufonga's ceiling is?
1: You know, it's tough because we did talk about being a step slow, and I think that kind of lowers your ceiling when you're not a guy that, you know, runs a 4-3 and you can close on things a little different. But that hasn't mattered, right? I mean, he plays a step ahead mentally. That was one of the things that we diagnosed coming out, right? It was like, all right, we know he steps slow, man. If he if he steps slow, he has to be a step faster from the uh, processing what he's seeing, I think he's doing a tremendous job of doing that. He always seems to be around the ball. He always seems to be kind of in the right place. Uh, you know, I see somebody in the chat says, Croc, one across, stop the cap. I ain't lying about one. Matter of fact, I mean, we just talked about winning Cross well a couple weeks ago, right? We talked about winning him. I he's up until the season
0: started. I'd still take him with that third round pick. Uh, we weren't wrong about that. Like you could still add more talent to that, that position going forward. By the right. Way- so
1: yeah, Cross, Awesome, high upside, etc. But what Hufunga is doing is clearly special. Mm-hmm. And um, he showed why the 49ers were reluctant to add a safety. He was like, no, nah, we, we we got a guy here. We got Hufunga. Those are things that we weren't able to see. They didn't give us a hint of that with how they played him last year. So it wasn't like they just put him out there and it's like, hey, you, you guys have seen him. And this is why we're passing on the safety. So uh, awesome job. The ceiling, again, when you think from an athletic standpoint, it seems like it could be a little lower, but man, mentally he's a step ahead, so it's got to be high.
0: Absolutely, I love it, and that's usually what the ceiling is for an NFL player. When you're and we're we're splitting hairs, like four six is a fast human being too, and for a strong safety, and and he plays more in the box than he does, you know, in the deep middle of the field and stuff like that what you how you are built from the neck up is so much more important to what your football ceiling is in the NFL. once you've passed that barrier of are you an NFL player or not is so much more important than being a four three guy. We've seen so many we We did this before the draft. Remember, we went through all the fastest DBs, all the fastest wide receivers in in NFL draft history, basically. And most of them were bad football players. They were not, yeah. right? How, how smart are you? how hard you work, how instinctive you are. Uh, those are those are the most important traits to play in football, and Hufanga has those in spades. How about? Are you done with the defensive side of the ball, Croc?
1: Uh, I mean, Nick Bosa. We talk about some of the sacks I, I saw. I mean, he was coming off the edge. He forced the quarterback up in the pocket. I thought he was extremely active all game. But again, there are certain guys: Nick Bosa, uh, Debo Samuel. I feel like every game you can give them a game ball. So, I I mean, I don't even know if we have to mention those two guys. But uh, let's go with the the, the cornerbacks because we talked about Mooney. We talked about uh, Mosley and and those guys kind of being on the island on the outside, like Allen Robinson, seven yards, are you good? (laughs) You know, so they did a tremendous job there. Now, the next step in the 49ers might not do it because of how they uh, construct their defense. And Lenore did a solid job, but at some point, do you just say, you know what, we're going to put our best cover guy on, on Cup, and you're just not going to get any separation. A guy that is just longer, taller, maybe has a little bit more foot speed and can challenge a little bit more at the catch point than what we see from Lenore Uh, when you face a Cooper Cup. But overall, I mean, those outside guys, man, tremendous.
0: This is a question for another day, but uh, Jungle Karma says, how much credit does John Lynch get for the mentality of this defense? I think that was, it's pretty important because that was their mission statement from day one. Is we're going to build on the defense. We're going to start up front, and it's amazing what we've seen the scouting staff do in the fifth round and beyond. And it's like, dude, keep acquiring fifth round picks because they're so good. <laughs> finding the right players, they're finding guys like uh, Hufanga and George Kittle in the fourth round, or no, George Kittle was in the fifth round too. Yeah, and um, Dre Greenlaw, and they're just firing these guys. They're they're finding these guys that are wired correctly, and and they're good football players.
1: So, so I do think. You know, obviously, the you know, John Lynch and those guys, they have to do some vetting. But when it comes to those mid-round guys, I think you, you got to lean on your scouts a little bit more than even the guys like, uh, you know, John Lynch. Now, obviously, they pulled the trigger on it, but... That's your scouting team, man. They're finding finding these gems, and they're standing on the table for these guys. And it's like, all right, if you want us to draft them, we'll draft them. And then they they take those guys in mid rounds, and they've been they've been really good with that. And again, I see somebody in the scout in the chat say, "Aka Adam Peters." No, I'm talking about the guys that are on the road, <laughs> traveling, going state from state to state, covering an entire region, writing up endless scouting reports on these guys, and taking that to the coaches, meeting with all their Coaches meeting with their, uh, the I don't know the 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 yard duty people, <laughs> the the uh, security, whatever. They talk to anybody and everybody, and they write up everything about those players, and then they take it to Peters and those guys. But just finding those type of talented guys, man, that that's the scouting department. They're doing a terrific job.
0: Yeah, and you can look at most of the bad picks the 49ers have made and like trading up for dudes that didn't deserve it is because the the coaching staff and and those are like the you know the the quote-unquote Kyle's guys and the i think that's where they've screwed up when they get into day three and it's like okay scouts let's go let's go find some gems. that's when the 49ers have been at their best so kudos to the entire scouting staff top to bottom for uh, what the 49ers are doing with some of those Day three picks for sure. Yeah, yeah. listen, uh, char, uh,
1: Emmanuel Mosley. I see a lot of people mention Emmanuel Mosley again. This is an undrafted guy. You think you think John Lynch is out there like, all right, let's uh, sign this Emmanuel Mosley guy. Like, now that's a scout that's like, look, this corner uh, slipped through the cracks. He's an undrafted guy. I have a really okay. high grade on him. We'll bring him in. Uh, I think this is a guy who I'm going to stand on the table for. His name's Emmanuel Mosley from Tennessee. And you bring those guys in, man. that's scouting department.
0: Niners' corners are on fire this year, and they haven't even gotten Verrett back. Uh, There was a question earlier that said, what do you do with Verrett coming back? I don't really know, but Traverius Ward is legit. I don't think he had a pass completed on him. I don't think he was really targeted much, making plays too uh, when he was targeted. So uh, the entire defense, you could give a game ball to anybody on that side of the ball. On the offense, you kind of wanted to not give him a game ball, but I think we got to give him one. That's Debo Samuel making a play, like putting the team on his back. Cry.
1: Oh, you yeah. gotta, you gotta explain why I don't want to give them a game ball. Because you oh, just no. say that, like, th- that makes it seem like I don't want to give them a game ball. I, you're I just a, think it's, it's you're too easy. We can do that every single game.
0: <laughs> yeah, there is like, there's a category for Bosa and Debo that is like you could just kind of give them a a game ball every single week. But that's okay. I don't mind giving them a game ball every week when they play well and they deserve it. Uh, Debo, uh, that play he made was so important to this football <laughs> So. If any, if any game ball deserves to be given, I think it's probably Debo. If you, if you take one player off the field tonight, there's so many good players. The defense was playing so well. If you take one guy off the field, I think they'd have been all right. If you take Debo out of the equation for the 49ers offense, how different does this game look? So Debo for sure game ball.
1: Now the offense, again, I talked about the 17 points that they scored. Uh, you know, a big chunk of it on kind of two plays, right? Debo Samuel making a lot of of noise and shout out to the blockers and everything, but there was a lot of Debo there with breaking tackles, cutting across field, all that. And then you had the uh run by Jeff Wilson where he exploded. That was probably the longest run of his career. But outside of that, you didn't get a whole lot. So I still need to see the offense kind of take that next step, right? But there was one area where I felt like it was key that the 49ers improve on and third down. So I'm going to give Jimmy Garoppolo a a game ball because right out the gates, I think he started off like three or three or whatever, where last week 49ers led by Jimmy Garoppolo on offense. I mean, they started off what 0 for 8, 0 for 9. I think they converted on one of 10 third downs. That's not good. That falls on Kyle. That falls on the quarterback today. Right off bat, they were much better than that.
0: Last one here. uh, I want to go to Nees's comment. He says, Aaron Banks game ball. Everyone counted him out, didn't see one issue. Uh, I've been impressed with Aaron Banks, and I was definitely worried about Aaron Banks coming in. And he's been not a problem, which is is a, a, a huge compliment on my part. Like that is important that he's not been an issue for the 49ers offensive line. He's a little bit of a wall off blocker. I don't think he's given the 49ers necessarily extra, but he's been okay. And look with, the, when it comes to the offensive line, it's, it's a, it's a unit of five guys. You're only as strong as your weakest link. And Aaron banks hasn't been the weakest link. He hasn't been a problem. So um, I, I've been, if you, if you said, Hey, you could have this version of Aaron banks, or you could gamble that he's going to be even better. I would say, heck no, I, take i would absolutely take what i'm seeing from aaron banks right now
1: mm. yeah aaron banks has played very well uh the biggest thing is you don't want a guy to be the issue right don't be the reason and right now burford he's, he's been the reason a couple of times but aaron banks he's been very quiet and i think when you're on office alignment almost like being a cornerback when they're not calling your name that's a good thing
0: all right we got to get out of here thanks to everybody for jumping in on the live chat we will continue to talk 49ers all week long, all year long, as we do here on Locked On 49ers. we got a short week now getting ready for week five, so it's already going to be time for a little winky Wednesday action tomorrow. And, of course, we will be here with you for that. Make sure you... Uh, Tune into everything else that the network has to offer for your second listen, by the way. The Peacock and Williamson NFL show, Locked on NFL Draft, featuring Eric Crocker. And, of course, thanks for making us your first listen here on Locked on 49ers. Be back tomorrow right here, Locked on 49ers.